You're listening to the Make Chic Happen podcast with your hosts, Melanie Mitro and Katie Ursta, where we navigate the messy middle of building a business and all the work that goes into designing a life you love. Melanie Mitro built a seven-figure network marketing empire while working at the kitchen table, raising her boys and trying not to lose her mind. Melanie loves chatting all things marketing, time management, and leadership development. Katie created the foundation of her seven-figure business while teaching full-time, battling cancer, raising her boys and avoiding all things laundry. Katie's got you covered with social media storytelling and impact-driven income. We're building a business right alongside you, giving you the inside scoop to the reality of entrepreneurship, the good, the bad, and the really, really messy middle. We're not letting you build your business alone. Pull up a chair, grab your coffee, and let's make chic happen. Now, here's your hosts, Melanie and Katie. And Melanie and we are so excited because today we have the honor of sharing with you a podcast that we did with our dear friend Doug Smith who is an absolutely incredible leader in the Pittsburgh area. He is the director of development at Light of Life Rescue Mission, a nonprofit that helps the homeless in Pittsburgh, PA. And he is the founder of L3 Leadership, a company and a podcast that connects and develops leaders through trainings, events, mastermind groups, and memberships. Yes, and he is also the host of L3 Leadership Podcast, and you have to go check it out. He interviews some of the most amazing individuals, people like Dr. Henry Cloud, Dr. Les Parrott, Liz Wiseman, Mike Tomlin, and so many others. He's also married to his high school sweetheart, Laura, which you're actually going to hear the story of how they met in today's episode, and it is going to give you goosebumps. And they have a lovely family. They have two daughters and together they really enjoy just their family and quality time, personal growth, travel. They work out together and they serve others and they serve others well. They do. They do an incredible job. But today we're going to be honest with you. There's a lot of tough love in this episode and it is definitely a podcast you are going to leave having a notebook filled with ideas that you can implement today. So without further ado, let's hear from Doug. Hello guys. All right. It is the Make Chic Happen podcast and we have a really special guest with us today. So excited. So Katie and I were sitting here before we introduced Doug, right? We were reviewing our notes this morning. Uh Uh-huh. After a crazy morning, you know, first week that the kids are off of school and we're trying to get our bearings together and we're sitting down and we're like, okay, let's prepare for this podcast episode, this interview with Doug. And I was like, I don't remember when I met Doug. Same thing. And we were both sitting here going, well, I met him through this and then I knew Uh him through this. And we just found it crazy that we couldn't pinpoint an actual like first time meeting. Yeah. But we can pinpoint various ways that we know you through like community, uh, like through church, so many different outlets. So I think it was actually Beachbody. I think that you sent me a Facebook message way back in the day, right? Like eight years ago, probably, you know, eight years ago. And we lived in the same neighborhood and you were kind of connecting about Beachbody stuff. Uh, You would run in the neighborhood. I'm like, there's that guy. You know, I was like, 
church I don't know <laughs> like church stuff, you know? And so it's, yeah. it's really cool to watch your evolution. And I remember when oh, you so first cool. started out and what you had this vision for. And it's really cool to see how your visions are really coming to light and they're happening. So we are honored that you are here with us today, Doug. Oh, I would say the same thing. It's an honor to be here. And, and actually, so again, I, I heard about you guys. You were legendary in our area. And people said, if you're following leadership, you have to see Katie and Melanie. And so I just remember following you guys online from a distance and just uh -huh. thinking, wow, if I could ever spend time learning from them, that would be great. And actually, Melanie, I think the first time we met, I had you speak at an L3 breakfast. Just You were one of the, I think you were our second speaker ever. I remember doing that. But did, did we ever see each other at a Beachbody event or no? I don't think so. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, it was so long ago, you know, but yeah. it's really Either cool. way, I'm so glad we're all connected now. It's an honor to know you both. Yes, absolutely. Likewise. So let's dive into sure. today's episode. It's it's about leadership, which I think is a word a lot of people are afraid of. And so we're going to really, we're going to unpack that. We're going to just give our listeners some great tips and we feel like you're the best person to do it. Right. So I would love for our listeners to hear a little bit of your story. You created and founded L3 Leadership here in Pittsburgh, but can you tell our listeners a little about yourself and really what was the driving force behind L3? Yeah. So if, if you were to look at my life now, I, I do several things. I'm the founder of L3 Leadership, and I'm sure we'll talk about that, but we're a leadership development organization that is extremely passionate about developing and connecting leaders here in our city. And so we've been doing that for several years now, and we have monthly leadership breakfasts and mastermind groups that meet throughout the city. And so we love that. I'm also the director of development at a nonprofit here in Pittsburgh called Light of Life Rescue Mission. And we serve the homeless and I've been here for eight years. And so I'm in charge of fundraising for that. And then I'm married to my high school sweetheart, Laura. We've been married for or seven years in August. There we go. Seven years in August. And, and then we have two beautiful baby girls. We have a three-year-old named Olivia and a one-year-old named Sophia. But that's my life right now. But I think you'd be shocked if you knew where I was when I was a teenager. And so you asked what was the driving force behind L3. And really, you know, leadership was never on my radar my entire life. I, in eighth grade, determined that my life would never amount to anything. My dad's a bus driver, and there's certainly nothing wrong with being a bus driver. But I thought, hey, that's just what I'll be. So I quit trying in school, never thought I would go to college. I had to go to summer school every single year just to get to the next grade. My mom was sick throughout most of my life, and uh, she ended up having pills that I found out I could sell at school. So I became a drug dealer in our high school and really just lived a party and thought I was living the dream. Dream. Two things happened my senior year that I thought were interesting. One was me and a, a buddy got in, got in trouble. I don't even remember for what, but we had to go to the principal's office. And I remember our principal sitting us down. He looked us both in the eyes and he said, guys, you are leaders. You are leaders and people follow you. And you have a decision to make. You're either going to use that influence for good or you're going to use it for bad. What are you going to do with it? And I remember the two of us walked out of the office that day and we just laughed. We looked at each other and we were like, leaders like us? Like, yeah, right. So we just laughed at him. But that was the first time that anyone had ever told me that I had leadership potential. Before that, it was a lot of voices just telling me that I'm never going to amount to anything, that that I'm worthless. I'm going to work at a gas station for the rest of my life, et cetera. Uh, and then the second thing that happened that was significant was my, my senior year of high school, my mother passed away. And when my mom passed away, and I'm a person of faith, but I wasn't at the time. But when she passed away, I didn't know she had a relationship with Christ. And I didn't know why that bothered me because I didn't care about a relationship with Christ at all at the time. 
But every night I would get high, drunk at parties, but that question would keep haunting me. You're never going to know. Well, out of nowhere, three months after my mom died, I got a phone call from a distant relative who said, Doug, I know you don't really know me, but I felt like God put you on my heart and wanted me to let you know that I was a nurse in the hospital with your mom. And I ended up leading your mom into a relationship with Christ. And I think God wants you to know that. And I just remember hitting my knees and crying and just saying, God, whatever you want for the rest of my life, I'm yours. And two weeks later, out of nowhere, I got invited by uh, another girl at school to go to a Bible study. And I'd been invited before. I'm like, I'm not going to a stupid Bible study. But because of that phone call, I decided to go. And I walked downstairs and I see this beautiful girl sitting on the couch. And I'm like, man, I'm going to Bible study every week. This is awesome. And so I did. But that girl ended up being my wife. But what I didn't know was when I left the Bible study that night, Laura, the girl I'm talking about, her mom led the Bible study. And 150 kids would go to this Bible study every week. And she met with her mom and she said, mom, that's one of the most influential kids in our high school. He's a leader, but he uses all of his influence for drugs and alcohol. If he ever gets a hold of God, he could change the world. And for whatever reason, her mom started investing in me. They started bringing me over for family dinners. Her dad's the director of admission at Carnegie Mellon. And he all of a sudden started investing in me and they started showing me a different side of life. And he's like, you're going to go to college. You're a leader. You can dream big and go for it. And so he started mentoring me and they brought me to the church. I ended up on staff at where I met a youth pastor there who started pouring leadership into me. And he gave me a John Maxwell CD. And I'd never heard of John Maxwell before. I didn't know there was such thing as personal development, but I listened to this and I literally felt like Neo in the matrix. And I called him and I'm like, Hey, I don't know what this was, but give me everything you got. I transcribed the entire thing. And so for two or three years, he gave me binders full of John Maxwell CDs. And I would spend two or three hours a night listening to personal development CDs when I was in my twenties. He would also bring in influential leaders from the community to share their best leadership content. And he would just say, Hey guys, when I have someone come in and speak, you should ask them to mentor you or ask them out to coffee. So I started doing that for about 10 years. And that's ultimately how we started our podcast. The other thing he would do is just connect us in community of leaders. And so long story short, my life was transformed because of people seeing leadership potential in me that I didn't see in myself and actually taking the time to invest in me. And why I started L3 was I just simply wanted to do for other leaders what leaders in my life had done for me. So that's kind of my life story and the journey of how we got to where we are today. You know, I've heard that story quite a few times now, and it still gives me goosebumps. It still kind of moves me to tears, you know, to know. And and how important mentorship is. Yeah. The idea of mentoring those younger than us or those who we see that potential in who just you never know what they're saying to themselves. So giving them those words of affirmation that you see in them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That yeah. I just I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it, you're good. Yeah, it is. It's great. That's really great. And how you've used that leadership. So let's kind of talk about that. Tell us just a little more about L3 and and what you do with L3. And then we'll kind of talk about some of the business gaps. Sure. So with L3, again, our tagline is learn, launch, lead. Mm -hmm. So we want all leaders and we believe that all leaders need to be in a constant cycle of learning. So growing to their maximum potential, launching the dreams that are in their heart. Too often we find so many people have dreams, but they they lack the courage to do it. And so we see ourselves as people who 
can give courage and fire people up to go after their dreams. And then ultimately, we want to teach people to lead. And one way we define leadership is leadership's losing the right to think about yourself. And so we want people's leadership to reach beyond themselves where they start impacting their community, impacting others, and really making a difference in the lives of others. And we believe that's a cycle that'll never end. And so we, how we do that is we have events, we have speaker series where we have leaders like yourselves come in and share their content and give leaders an opportunity to connect. We have mastermind groups that meet throughout the city that are very intentional groups that meet twice a month and they challenge each other. They help resource each other to go after their dreams. We have a one-day leadership conference, and we're currently developing some leadership programming to actually equip people to, to be better leaders. That is awesome. Okay, so what are some of the biggest gaps that you see in leadership with the community that you serve? Things I see over and over again is number one, just a lack of authentic community. I feel like the more people grow, the more inclined they are to isolate themselves. And we believe too many leaders are doing life alone. In fact, one of our values is we don't do life alone. I think Henry Cloud did some research on this and he found that 80% of the executives that he works with do not have a single person that they can actually trust and confide in. And you know, if we and we wonder why there's a leadership epidemic in the in the culture and the area that we live in. And so for us, we're just really, really passionate about you need to be in a mastermind group. Who's that core group of people that you do life with on a consistent basis? And we find that if you don't intentionally schedule something like that into your calendar, more than just, hey, let's have coffee, you know, once every six months, that you're gonna be isolated. And when you're isolated, your mind can play all kinds of tricks with you, just tell you how worthless you are and you can get in a really dark place really, really fast. And I think what's interesting about community is when you start sharing your thoughts and those, those dark thoughts that come to you, you're not alone. Everyone's going through the same thing. Everyone's experienced the same thing. And so when you have community to go through that with, it's, it's and then the second gap that I would mention is just a lack of patience. I, I like to say that, man, I think far too many people are focused on being discovered rather than being developed. And I just think that's a fact in our culture. And I would just encourage leaders out there. And what we encourage people to do is, hey, leadership's a journey. And so just get good. You know, something that encouraged me greatly as a young leader, I remember John Maxwell saying that in the beginning, you're not as bad as people think. Don't you just want to tell people like, hey, I know I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. But then he said, but if you do things right in life and you develop yourself in the end, you're not as good as people think. And somewhere in between those two is where you should live. And that thought alone has really shaped my heart when it comes to just being patient and, and work on development rather than being discovered. I love that. So one of the things that you were saying, Doug, that I very, very clearly remember connecting to is I remember it was about two or three years ago and my business was just at this point where I felt like I was just churning. I was trying, I was working, I was hustling, I was burning out. And I remember calling Melanie one day and I just, I didn't even know how to verbalize what was going on in my head, but I just broke down and I said, you know, leadership is just so lonely. <laughs> and I remember she said, you know, it is, but it doesn't have to be. And oh, so I didn't know, cause Melanie's my mentor. Actually, that's how we got to know each other in our yeah. network marketing business. Melanie had mentored me. So I always, always saw her as sort of one step above, like always just above instead of, wait, we can do this thing together. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a defining moment too, for us to say, maybe it's more about collaboration than competition. And that's really what the sheep model is, is all about. I have to kind of just take a minute and ask the question of, you know, it's, it's just a word. Leadership is a word that scares a lot of people, especially if they feel like they haven't yet arrived as a leader. So I think it would help if maybe we just re redefine the word leadership. 
What do you feel is the definition of a leader? So I would say John Maxwell has been the biggest influencer in my life in this space. And from from the time I was 17 and listened to that first CD I talked about, my definition has always been leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And so in some ways, everyone can be a leader, right? You may not have influence over a company of you know, 5,000 employees, but you have influence over your family. If you have a family, you have influence over your friends. So in some ways, I believe everyone has leadership ability within them. But here's what I would just say that you have to start where you are in your leadership. I don't think there's ever a day where you're going to feel like I can be a leader now, like I'm going to go out and do it or, hey, I've arrived. I'm a leader. To be honest with you, I've been studying and leadership for, I guess, 17 years. And I just, I started a new role last July and I'm like, well, I thought I knew something about leadership, but now I'm going to an entirely new level. I don't know if I'm a leader at all. I don't think I know anything about this leadership. And so I don't think there's ever going to be this point where you're like, today's the day I feel like I'm going to be a leader. I was listening to Craig Rochelle recently. And he said, often when you're in your twenties, you're like, I'm a young leader. I'm a young leader. I'm a young leader. And he's like, I can't really define when I became an actual leader. Like, is it at 34 years old at, at day three, I became, you know, a seasoned leader. So I think it's just paying attention to the journey and just starting where you are. I like to say, if you don't start where you are, you'll stay where you are. And so just start, just say, you know what? I don't know anything about leadership. I'm going to commit to being a leader because I want to influence and make a difference in the lives of others. And so I'm going to start learning everything that I can today. And so I think that's really important. And then the other definition I mentioned already, but but I really do believe that leadership is losing the right to think about yourself. The one thing, if, if you're getting into leadership because you want to be in the spotlight, because you want to write a book, because you want large audiences, you know, those things can come with it. But far too often people look at that and they think that's leadership, but you have no idea the sacrifices, the self-discipline and all of those things that are involved. And if if you're getting into leadership for any other reason other than to serve other people, don't get into leadership. If it's all about you, I'm just telling you the world doesn't need any more selfish leaders. And I'm telling you, if your vision isn't to help other people, you won't make it in leadership for the long term. That is so powerful because it's such an evolution. Like I think about what we thought leadership was five years ago. Mm-hmm. It looks nothing like it actually is. <laughs> so there's this misconception of when I'm a leader, leader, I've arrived and life is now easy and my bank account is full and I've got this great team and it's just smooth sailing and I don't have to work hard at it anymore. And that couldn't be further from the truth. No. In fact, I feel like we do work harder, but I will say as I've developed as a leader, I feel more peace with Mm. business, things that are in my control. Whereas a few years ago when I was just developing these skills and running my business, I felt like I was always hustling, always moving, always having to go, always having to control, always having to, you know, put fires out Yep. or have it all together. Like I should be like, I should never show my emotion and I should be the strong leader. Yeah. Do you remember? I used to do that a lot, you know, I never could let anybody in been that evolution of just be who you are, you know, kind of lead from the front. And there is that peace with it. Yeah. And just knowing that there is something really good coming from this. It's just, I've had to develop myself as a leader Mm -hmm. to lead others well. Yeah, it has been. And you know, one of our favorites, you, John Maxwell's, you know, one of your favorites, one of our favorites, Brene Brown, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, I feel like the biggest life lessons in leadership have come from the way she mm-hmm. has spoken to me through the books that she's written. Her book, Courage to Lead, her last one, that was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Have you watched her Netflix special yet? 
I haven't. I haven't. I saw the preview on Netflix. Is it good? We haven't watched it yet. Because yeah. we, have okay. to, we have this girls night that we're going to do with our other friend yeah. and not the three of us can't get our schedules together. So it's been two months been of us. waiting patiently yeah. to watch it together. together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just love, I mean, her focus on authenticity. I remember Henry Cloud sharing a story that he got all these high level executive leaders away at a retreat. And he was like, guys, let's just be real. What are you going through? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden these 12, actually there was 12 in the room, 11 of them shared, you know, the hardships that they were going through and they get to the the last guy and he was a young guy. He probably shouldn't have been in the room, but you know, had great leadership. And uh, they said, well, what's going on? You're like, what do you need? He goes, I don't need anything anymore. Man, I just heard my heroes go and heard everything that they're going through and found out that they're just as messed up as I am. Like I'm good. And again, I think like you said, it just goes back to like, are you connecting with people? Are you being real and authentic about your leadership journey? Because if not, you'll, you'll burn out. So powerful. So powerful. When it comes to growing that leadership mindset, those leadership skills, you know, what do you feel is some of the most important practices people can implement to really begin to strengthen that muscle? of leadership? I would just say fundamental. So these are, these may sound very basic, but I would just ask people, are you doing them? Number one is personal growth. I mean, if you follow YouTube, you're obsessed with personal growth. And so I would say the only guarantee of tomorrow being better is growing today. And so personal growth is an absolute must. So what podcasts are you listening to on a regular basis? What books are you reading? What conferences are you going to? Courses are you taking to, to better your craft? If you're not growing daily, you're going to get surpassed and, and not make it in leadership. Uh, the second thing which I've talked about is you need to be in a mastermind group. I've been intentional about personal growth for 17 years, but being in a mastermind group the last, I guess, four years has been the biggest source of growth in my life. You know, having a group of, in my case, other men that I can go to that are experienced in business and I can say, guys, here's what I'm struggling with in my leadership. Here's what I'm struggling in management. Here's what I'm struggling with my business. And for them to give me real feedback of tangible things or having their resources available saying, hey, I may not have an answer for you, but I can connect you with a leader that does has been invaluable. So everyone, I believe, needs to be in a mastermind group. And then lastly is you need a mentor. And there's no such thing as a Yoda mentor where there's one mentor that's going to change your life forever. You need a handful of mentors and you need different mentors in different seasons. But my question to you is, do you have mentors in your life right now? And I have a whole process for getting meetings with leaders and mentors. And we could go over that another time or if you want to, I can. But I would just encourage you, if you get mentored, and I know you two are passionate about this, make sure that you provide a return on investment for your mentor. One of my mentors is personally mentored by John Maxwell. And John actually told him, he said, if you invest in someone and they don't show you a return on investment in six months, you've invested in the wrong person. And as a mentee, that's really scary, right? It's like, man, I better provide a return if someone's willing to invest in me. But also as a mentor, I think that's important to realize that some people just aren't going to take the journey with you or it's not their season to grow. And so sometimes we invest in people and you really have to make the decision, you know, are they going to come with me or not? But those are the three things. So personal growth, get in a mastermind group and, and make sure you have mentors and every season. I kind of do want you just to do like the short version of how somebody would find a mentor, because I feel like that people are going to ask that. So we should definitely answer it for them. So I actually have an ebook on this if, if people are interested. So okay. I can send that to you guys to make sure. it available. But my process is very, very simple. I'll try to make it concise. One is create a bucket list of people that you would like to mentor you. And I would just dream big, create a bucket list of mentors, ask them, ask for the meeting. People are like, Doug, you get to spend time with all these great people and get mentored by them. I wish I could. I'm like, you can, have you asked them? 90% of the time, if you ask, it'll be great. With the ask, if you can add, find some way to add value to get an initial introduction, it will be huge. For me, the, and this wasn't intentional, but the podcast has opened up doors for me that I could never open up. When I say, if I was meeting with the two of you and said, and I wanted a meeting with you, 
it's one thing to say, hey, Melanie and Katie, can I grab coffee with you? Because I want to learn from you. It's another thing to say, hey, can I meet with you? And not only do I want to learn from you, but I also want to record our conversation together. So it'll add value to me and listeners. That'll open up way more doors than, than the first thing that I mentioned. Simple things. Once you get the meeting, be on time, send them a list of questions in advance. So you should have a skeleton list of questions that you ask any mentor. But then when you get a meeting with a specific mentor, study them and do a specific research and find specific questions for them. And then take notes notes while they're teaching you. It drives me nuts when people don't take notes in meetings, but it shows people that you value what they're saying. You guys are awesome. You're taking notes. I love it. Here's a bonus. Find them something that they love. This this will set you apart and get you another meeting. But the woman that created the Aflac duck, she had a meeting with Warren Buffett. Most people get 10 to 15 minutes with Warren Buffett. She did research on him and found out that he loves Diet Cherry Coke. So before the interview, she goes to the convenience store and buys a Diet Cherry Coke, ice cold, brings into the interview, says, Mr. Buffett, I thought we'd start the interview with something you love. Here's a Diet Cherry Coke. Warren Buffett looks at her and says, young lady, young lady, in all my years of doing interviews, no one's ever brought me a Diet Cherry Coke. You can have as much time as you want. Yeah, she got an hour and a half with Warren Buffett when most people get 10 to 15 minutes, all because she spent $1.50 on a Diet Cherry Coke. So just think about, again, sometimes you're going to be like, people are inaccessible, but if you do little things like that, it'll really set you apart. And then last thing, after the meeting, make sure you follow up with a thank you note telling them what you learned from them, bullet points, hey, here are the key takeaways. And then don't ask them for another meeting until you do what they said to do. This is the ROI part. So if Melanie and Katie say, hey, do this, this, and this. I'm going to email them three months later and say, hey, Katie, Melanie, you told me to do this. Here's what I did with what you told me. Can we meet again? And if you haven't done that, don't expect anyone to meet with you twice or to mentor you. There's my process. That was like mic drop. That was good. (laughs) Oh boy, we got to do some work. That's Um, great. I love it. I love it. Next time we'll have to ask you what your your favorite uh, drink is so we can- Just Starbucks. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you to Starbucks. Yep. I love it. So, okay. So earlier this year, you held an amazing- event, the one day event in Pittsburgh. And one of the main topics of conversation that really captured my my attention was when you talked about communication and having hard conversations. And as leaders, one of the toughest things to do is have those hard conversations with our organization, with our employees. So what is a tip that you have for our listeners about how you get over the fear of having those tough conversations. So I had to learn this the hard way. And I would say, I don't know that you ever get over the fear. Do I have time to share a brief story? This was the worst. So I'm a people pleaser by nature. I never want to offend anyone. I'll never be. I actually had a mentor tell me, Doug, you will lie to people because you're such a people pleaser and you don't mean to, but you'll tell people what they want to hear instead of what they need to. So for years, I was so passive aggressive with leaders in my life. And I remember even in this, my prior boss and at this organization, I would gossip about her all the time. People would come to me and I loved being the person that would come and gossip about them, right? Because I felt like empowering. And so I actually had the opportunity, our executive director said, hey, we're going to do a 360 on your boss. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to get her fired. I'm going to be real. And so I filled out this 360 degree review and I was horrible in it. And I'm like, but this is going to get her fired. Well, I thought it was anonymous. He ends up handing it to her, right? All the 360s. Now, now, they didn't have their names on it, but she actually, in our in our meeting, read them all out loud, our responses, and said, what are we going to do about this? And for the first time in my life, I thought, man, I'm going to have to come get real. And so I said, I will own everything that I said, but I avoided having the conversation with her. And I was meeting a mentor and telling him the situation. He goes, well, when are you going to talk to her? I'm like, mm, sometime like this week. And he goes, no. Like, when are you going to talk to her? I'm like, I, 
hopefully sometime. And he said, call her right now and schedule the appointment. And I was like, right now? And he's like, yeah, right now. But I'm like, I'm sitting in your office. He goes, I know, call her right now. And so like, I'm shaking. And I call her and I scheduled the appointment. And it was the first time I actually had to have a hard conversation in my life. And I was scared to death. And I ended up, and this is what I would encourage people to do if you have a hard time with hard conversations. I wrote out the entire conversation in my journal and I met with her and I just said, hey, listen, this is going to be terrible. I'm really, really nervous, but I'm going to just share what's on my heart and the conversation I need to have with you. If you can just listen to me and not interrupt me, because I know you may want to. And then after I share... I would like you to repeat to me what you heard. And then let's have a conversation after that. And that process, it, it, we both cried. It was horrible on the front end, but we ended up having a wonderful conversation. And we ended up, we didn't have a great relationship before that, ended up having a great re- relationship on the back end. And so I say that because now I feel like I'm great at having hard conversations because I realized that, that you need to have them. And so one, I would say you're never going to get over that fear. Two is have a hard conversation. Just do it, schedule it, call the person you need to have a hard conversation with now. And then actually read out your conversation in a journal. That was extremely meaningful. And so hopefully that's helpful, but hard conversations are necessary, but you're not good at them. They're the scariest thing in the world. They are. And, but I find that the more I sort of know that everyone is just doing their best and no one is ill intent. It's just that most people just don't understand the intention. And you actually talked about one thing that you say is the story I am telling myself. And so this congratulation, it's a Brene Brown thing where you just kind of create this story in your head. And once you have that conversation, you can also hear the story that the other person is telling themselves. And I can guarantee it's not the same story because perspective matters. It's just different. We all come from different backgrounds and we've had different experiences that mold the stories that we tell ourselves. So I love that. I do too. And that is the hardest part about leadership is having a different, and it's easier to hide. And I'm sure that everybody probably can think of one conversation they need to have. You need to schedule. And I would encourage, you know, people to do it because I've had the same experience as you every single time I've had the different conversation. And I've said, this is the story that I'm playing in my mind. Nine times out of 10, people are like, well, that's not even close to what's going on. Let me tell you, you know, so absolutely. Can can I share one more thing for leaders here? Because probably as a leader, the greatest thing I learned from that is Dave Ramsey has what he calls the no gossip rule, right? If you gossip twice in his organization, you're fired. Mm -hmm. And so I would just say as a leader, someone with influence, People are going to come to you because you're the leader. And when they come to you with a problem with another person, you can do one of two things. You can embrace that and encourage it, or you can actually help them grow by telling them to have a hard conversation. And the most loving thing you can do for them and their leadership is challenge them to have it. And so I would just tell leaders out there listening, evaluate yourself. Are you someone that is passive aggressive and allows gossip to flow through you? Or do you actually help others grow in this area by making them have hard conversations? That's a great tip. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. All right. We're going to rapid fire through our last couple of questions. I think we could sit here and talk to you all day. But as the host of the L3 podcast, you've got to interview some really incredible people because you have asked them, right? You've gone out there and developed that relationship. I mean, Chris Hogan, Mike Tomlin, Ken Coleman, Rachel Cruz. So we're curious, what are some of the most memorable leadership lessons or principles you've learned from those interviews? I would just say the best lessons. So for me, one just overall is, is I think the people that you just mentioned, again, they're big names, but people are just people, right? They're, they're just 
people. And that took me a long term time um, to learn. So I, I would just say that the second thing is just legacy. You know, at the end of the day, all leaders care about is making a difference. And I think when you realize that it changes everything. It's like, what is your life? What do you want your life to count for? And what are you going to give it away? And oftentimes it's the simple things. It's not the platform. It's not how many followers you have. Oftentimes it's my legacy is going to be my kids and what my kids do with what we, we empowered them to do, or, Hey, I transformed this many people's lives. So again, it's very, very simple and just stick to the fundamentals. But that's great. People are just people at the end. Yeah. Of the they are just humans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I actually, this is odd, but like when I'm meeting with a leader, I'm nervous with, I'm, I usually just picture them. Usually a, a guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, they probably chase their kids around the house in their underwear, right? Like going crazy. Yeah. I'm like, they're just people. Anyway. They're just people. Yes, absolutely. That's a really, that's good. That is really good. And Doug, we won't lie. Before we actually started this podcast, I said to my children, cause school's out, you know, I said to my children, listen, you need to be quiet for 45 minutes. <laughs> all I need. So I should have had that part in the podcast. Awesome. <laughs> it's true. And we're all just doing our best. Mm -hmm. But let me ask you another question that I know we're going to get asked. What are you reading right now? I know you really speak about personal development. So I know you are always reading something. What is on your Audible right now or your playlist or podcast list or just in your hands a, a book? I'm in an intense season of growth right now. Like it has not been a fun year in leadership. I'm at a whole, going at a whole nother level. And I feel like oftentimes certain books and resources are for a certain season. And I just wrote, mentioned one book, but I just finished a book by a guy named Sam Chan. It's called Leadership Pain. And the whole premise of the book is that you'll only grow to the level and your ability to handle pain. And so all leaders have to grow through it, go through that. And so it's really, really encouraging because one, again, it focuses on a lot of church leaders. So it's in the faith space, but it has a lot of stories of leaders sharing their stories. And when you hear what people had to go through and realize that you're not alone, it's very, very encouraging. But just knowing the reality that leadership isn't all fun and exciting. There's painful season and painful growth. For me, I need that encouragement this season because <laughs> there's part of me that's like, can I make this jump? Can I make it? I know I'll make it, but without that encouragement, I don't think I, I would. Thank you. For that. Thank yeah. you. Thank he you. actually shared, and now that I'm thinking about it, you shared a post, and this is months ago, that a, a man, and I'm going to mess up his last name, but his first name's Carrie, and it's like Neo Wolf, or maybe I. Oh, oh. This is hilarious because you guys, yeah, <laughs> I think you did a video recommending books and you said Neil Wolf and I like fell on the ground laughing. <laughs> it's not, is it? It's, it's Newhoff. But Whoa, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And <laughs> I have to tell you, he did this great post about leadership and he recommended, I think it was a blog post that he wrote. Mm. And you talked about it in a post that you did about how leadership is so important. But if you aren't guarding your heart, you, you aren't always going to stay humble. And that's when you really open yourself up to the downfall. And you gave the book recommendation. I actually have it. It's Didn't See It Coming. The book right. is Didn't See It Coming. And it's a phenomenal book about all of the things that as you're growing a business or as you're leading, you know, an organization or the church or whatever, that you almost have to guard yourself from. And that's just through faith and through prayer. And it was an amazing read. So you're going to have to say the last name one more time. because Yeah, Kerry Newhoff. Didn't see it coming. He's a, read his blog. His book's excellent. He has a podcast. that's great. Very good. How can we call our listeners to act? What can we say? All right. From today's episode, these are things. If you want to develop your leadership skills, you must do ASAP. 
like I said, you need to be on a personal growth plan. But more importantly, if you could do nothing else, connect with a community. And I can't think of a better community to connect with than Cheek Influencer. Uh-huh. Right? I, I said, speaking of saying things wrong, I called it Cheek Influencer at our conference in front of all these people. So, so we're even, Katie, we're even. Be honest, I followed uh, Katie and Melanie for probably the past seven or eight years. And to watch you guys grow as leaders, I can't think of better, two better leaders to point people to, to be under and be in community with to learn, grow, and develop. I think the mentors that you pick and the community you choose is so important. And I can just tell you from watching these guys' journey and knowing them a little bit, that they're two leaders worth following. And so you need to connect with them. I know I follow everything they do. Uh, you guys are heroes of mine. And so connect with the Chic Influencer community. Well, thank you. And likewise, so where can our listeners connect with you? Because we respect you. I listen, I read all of your posts that you do, things that you put out there. So where can people connect with you and definitely the podcast too? L3leadership.org. We also have a podcast, L3 Leadership Podcast. So you can connect there. But again, more importantly, if you're listening to this, don't connect with L3, connect with Chic Influencer. And uh, if you want to check out stuff we do as supplemental growth, that's great. But uh, these two are the ones you need to connect with. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time today. It is so appreciated that you took time out of your job and your busy schedule to chat with us. This conversation was valuable. Well, humbled and honored as well. You two are heroes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today to the Make Chic Happen podcast. As always, share your biggest takeaways with us. Tag us in your Instagram stories. Make sure you tag Doug Smith and let us know really what resonated with you and go out there and start leading today. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Make Chic Happen podcast. I am actually sitting here with Melanie right now, and it came to our attention that We have not shared enough about the awesome resources and trainings that we offer through the Chic community. Yes, I love the community. It's what we launched in January, and it's a great place for us to give training every single week, resources, and all things related to growing your social media, your following, to managing your time, to setting goals, creating email lists. Oh my gosh, like it's endless the amount of content that we are pouring into this community. Yeah, I was just going to let you flow with that. But if you want more information about the Chic community, go over to chicinfluencer.com, click on join community and just learn more about what we offer and how we can help you make chic happen. Thank you for listening to the Make Chic Happen podcast with your hosts, Melanie Mitro and Katie Ersta. If you loved our podcast, be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.